Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord, we come, we come and quiet our hearts at this moment. We recognize there are giants in our life that stand in the way. There are issues, struggles, frustrations that we have no answer for. And they feel like giants. They alter the way we do life. And we don't have answers. And so we come to you this morning. We come into your house looking for that answer. We recognize, Lord, that although we may not have the answer, we know the giver of the answer. The one who can restore our lives. The one who can change the circumstances and allow us to see the end, the light at the end of the tunnel. The one who will slay those giants in our life. That's who we call upon this morning. Lord, as we look at your word, it's, it's easy to just think that things are going to be light and fluffy and rainbows and unicorns and all those nice things. And yet life gets in the way. And that's when we need to call upon you. And so, Lord, as we look at the way you restore your people, may you restore us this morning. Begin to work in our lives like you desire to work in your people's lives so many years ago. The story is old, and yet the story is new, it's fresh. You desire to make changes in our life. May we have faith and trust you. As we look at your word this morning, Lord, I pray that you'd speak into our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Passages out of Isaiah 61. And before I read it, I want to give you, I just want to give you just a real quick background to think about. There's, there's a lot of illustration in this uh, this chapter about clothes, about taking off old clothes, putting on new clothes, about taking off old things and putting on something new. And so as I read, I pray that you would hear that. Because for some of us, we need a change of spiritual clothes. We need to make those changes. Isaiah 61, it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, 
to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the, dis- for the display of His splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities and have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. For you, for you will be named ministers of our God. And you will feed on the wealth of nations. And in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you inherit a double portion in your land. An everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation and array me in the robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, For as the soil makes up, the sprout come up. And a garden causes seeds to grow. So the sovereign Lord will make the righteous. And praise spring up before all nations. May God add his blessing as we continue to sing this morning. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for gifted people who take us into worship. who allow us to express our heart's feelings through voice and music. We are a blessed people. Lord, we thank you for your word. It's powerful. And Lord, as we look at it even now, I pray that you'd open our eyes and our hearts. Allow us to see those areas, Lord, where we give, where we take, and Lord, allow us to see your desire, your design for our lives. May we leave different than we came this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And if you're a child, you can children. Dun, 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 dun. Couple, uh, just quick, couple quick reminders. Uh, if you if you were here, or whether you weren't here or not here, anyway, there's some papers out there. They're called uh, Legacy. Uh, it says Leave a Legacy. They're Legacy Planners. If you were here uh, for the series where we talked about what our legacy looks like, uh, or if you don't, and this is really uh, something for you to begin to think about um, the legacy you want to leave of faith. Uh, and it actually spells out some areas of uh, where um, you can share with your family. And just so you know how this works, uh, you're more than welcome to fill this out 
and send it back, give it back to the office. We'll put it in a locked file. No one's going to read it. But in the event that you would, uh, uh, would pass away, it has a lot of different uh, things of like your wishes and a lot of information, a love letter to your family. I, just want, I bring this all up because I think it's uh, valuable. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, I know there's about 130 of them out there. And I don't think we've gotten one back, so <laughs> so that's your reminder. I know that I know there's a lot there and a lot to think about. I know. I promise they're going right. They, the office has been uh, requested. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's true. So uh, if, and if you don't have one, pick one up. We'll make more if we need to. I want to encourage you though to think about your legacy. What are you going to leave this world when you're done? That's a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing to think about. Maybe a little bit challenging to think about. So today's, uh, today's uh, sermon is uh, the first installment of the feedback portion of the program. We talked about, I don't know, probably about a month ago, where I asked you to write down a scripture that you might uh, like preached upon or preached about or a topic that you're interested in. And it just so happens that this, this week is Isaiah 61. I know it's all coincidence. Happens to be that today is Isaiah 61, and it's my wife's uh, scripture that she wrote down. It has nothing to do with the fact that I live with her or anything, okay? I just want to <laughs> clear that up. I just thought it would be a great place to start. That's right. <laughs> So I want to talk a little bit about Isaiah 61 today, and in the process of that, and I know a little bit about why my wife was interested in this verse, uh, the first three verses of Isaiah 61, uh, the healing journey uh, Bible study that she leads and has led for the last three years, uh, uses that, uh, that passage. It says, He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives. And so that is really close and near and dear to her heart. And so I do want to encourage you um, that they will be doing another round of, uh, of healing journey in September, mid-September. So if you're interested, talk to my wife. Um, she does the ladies portion. There is a guy's uh, healing journey, and I think it's in Finley Lake, Jamestown, Finley Lake. Um, so uh, if that's something you're interested in, I would love for some guys to go because I would love to have a guys group here. Um, but what it, what it takes is someone needs to go to the class, then to the boot camp, then they're ready to teach it. And so that's the process, and the ladies happen to be a couple years ahead of the guys at this point. So all that being said, it ties in very nicely with the mission statement of this church, that this church should be a what? A hospital for the sick. Right? We need to help people heal the damage and brokenness in their life. And that's what, this, that's what the mission that I believe God has put in our life, in our path. We see those, uh, so, many broken, so much brokenness in the world where we live. And I have a, a theory that, that when we have so much brokenness, it's really difficult for us to ever experience God in a real way. Now, we can experience the love of God, there's no doubt. But I think when we get stuck in our brokenness, we're not able to ever get out of that hole 
And we need to work ourselves through that. We need to ask God to begin to deliver us from that struggle so that we can experience him in a new way, in a, in a special way, and begin to share that with others as well. Because remember, our faith is not only about us, but it's also about sharing that faith with others that we come in contact with. And today we're going to talk a lot about takers and givers. Because I believe Isaiah, in this passage, talks a lot. He, he, gives, a, he gives us a list of those, of those uh, qualities of those who are takers and qualities of those who are givers. And in that idea, it's not that we aren't all takers at times. We are. We are all takers. But God doesn't want us to be takers for eternity. There are times when we are takers and we work through those things and then we can be givers in, in the midst of that. And so I want to share that with you today because I believe that's what Isaiah is talking about here. So Isaiah, he's a, he's a, a guy with the good news, the gospel. He's a prophet. He's, he's uh, what we might call uh, today even maybe a missionary, right? His, his job is to take God's word to the people. You guys know these missionaries? You ever seen them before? Brian knows them, right? On my left is the Smiths, right? You might see them second service. They may be here today for second service. Uh, they're Dominican. Uh, they're missionaries to the Dominican in the Dominican Republic. Uh, they're working uh, with uh, people in the Batays. They're in the slums. They're Haitians, just so you know how this works. The Haitians uh, that have gotten into the Dominican Republic, live in the slums. And they're less than the Dominicans. And they're treated like trash, mostly, uh, a lot, not mostly, some because they can't speak the language very well. They're treated like illegal immigrants. And, and so the Smiths have been called to the Dominican to work in the areas, uh, in those areas, and help to get them the right paperwork and help them... Um, to, to get jobs and help them to get things sorted out in their life so they can be productive citizens. And in the process of that, to share the gospel, the good news. And on the other side is the Osterbrocks. And you may remember we had a video conference with them earlier in the spring. Um, they're actually on uh, home assignment. I just talked to Aaron last week. We are planning, hoping they will be here to visit with us in October. Uh, they are... Uh, they work at a seminary in Malaysia, uh, but Malaysia's doors are closed at this point because per capita, their COVID uh, numbers are higher than anywhere else. Um, and so they're, they're stuck. Uh, they're teaching via the internet. He said, thank the Lord for a good internet that helps us to uh, be able to teach. Uh, but the Osterbrocks are hoping, we're hoping to get them uh, here and be able to share some of their story as they, they are sharing um, they're teaching people uh, the seminary portion of, of being a pastor along with English as a second language. So they're working uh, in that area of education. So Isaiah, the, the prophet Isaiah says, there's the old and there's the new. And now if you don't know, if, if you're like, oh, I'm just barely wearing the old ones right now. Uh, this was the best picture I could find of old clothes versus new, or old-fashioned versus new fashion. Um, 
Isaiah himself is talking about getting rid of those things that are old and beginning to put new things on. No. Ken. Note to self. Note to self. If Ken is your fashion designer, we're all in trouble. <laughs> Sorry, Ken. But the, Isaiah, use, <laughs> Isaiah uses this illustration of taking... You know, we have those old clothes. Yesterday, I was... I was working through the basket, and I have this old shirt that's uh, the strings are kind of hanging on. I should have wore it today. It has a big stain across it, and it's kind of, but it's comfortable. You know how it's comfortable? I like my old shirt. My wife's like, this thing is ugly, and the only thing that it needs to be is a rag that we use to scrub the floor. Not a shirt. So I'm assuming that one of these weeks it will disappear. <laughs> I don't know. I'll let you know. I should have put it on over top of this shirt. It would have been beautiful. It's comfortable. You know, we like our old clothes, do we not? And Isaiah's saying, listen, all those old clothes are the baggage you're stuck with. He's telling God's people, this is where you're at. But listen, God has a whole lot, a whole new wardrobe for you. A whole new setup. All new things. God wants to restore your life with the new things. Don't get so comfortable in the old things that we begin to live and believe that that's where we're going to live for the rest of our life. I'm amazed at how many things in our life have caused damage. And in some ways, we've allowed that to become who we are. We've allowed broken relationships to define who we are as people. We've allowed a loss to define who we are and how we respond. In the world, we call that baggage, right? All those things that I believe God wants to take away from us. He wants to give us freedom from it. We get hung up in it. And I know, I know I do the same thing. There's stuff that I get hung up on that I need to just let go. And yet I try to do it on my own. Good job me, huh? When we need to take it to God. So Isaiah's talking to a group of people, God's people. And I need to preface it that these people of the day were not living in squalor. They were actually pretty prosperous at that time. They were out buying cars at an unprecedented rate. They were out buying campers, so many that you couldn't hardly find one for sale. They all got their stimulus checks. And they were going to make sure they had their vacation all lined up. And when Isaiah's talking to them, what he's realizing and what he's sharing with them is, listen, all this prosperity you have, does that sound familiar? All this prosperity you have is not solving the real problem. 
A new car will not fix your relationship with God. When he talks about being poor, he's not talking about being poor as in not having anything. But he says, listen, there are givers and takers. And you need to understand where you're at. You need to come to terms because God's plan is that you be a giver. And here's the list of takers. The, the, uh, the words he uses for takers. Those who are poor, those who are captive, those who are mourning, those who are in despair or shame, those who are brokenhearted or prisoners and have grief and have been devastated in guilt rules their life. If that's where you're at, if you find yourself in this pile, understand two things. One thing, that we all are there at some point. We are all going to be a taker. There's no doubt in my mind. There are times when our hearts are broken. There are times when we are devastated. There are times when we feel shame and guilt. But here's the thing. You don't have to live in that for the rest of your life. That is not where God wants you to be. If you have a past problem, you have past, you would not believe how many times I hear about past issues 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. I did this when I was 18. Yeah, you're 60. It's time to get over it. God does not want you living in that. If this is the focus of your life, you're a taker. There, this, this is, I'm convinced this is a part of our life. I see it, right? I see these problems and struggles. And here's what it looks like when we can't get out from under them. Right? And this is how we live our Christian faith. We live our Christian faith Buried under a box or boxes. And we wonder why God won't work in our life. We wonder why. If you're a taker, I encourage you to reflect and challenge you to begin to work on healing. And if you have no idea what that means, come see me. Let's talk about it. See, there's another, there's another side Isaiah shows us. This other side of the takers. And he says that there are givers. And givers share the good news. They're encouragers. They comfort those who are hurting. They meet the needs of people who need a met. They rebuild things. They bless others. Sometimes they offer, it says, bind up the brokenhearted. So they give first aid. Sometimes they're given first aid as in, uh, I'll sit with you over a cup of coffee and we'll cry about it together as you share your heart that is broken. If you have never done that, it's work. It takes a lot of time and effort and energy to give that. Givers offer freedom and provision and joy. Ministry 
and a legacy. I hope you find yourself in these areas. And if you struggle to get to this side, I encourage you to talk to me. I encourage you to seek God and ask to be a giver and not a taker. See, a giver is able to give the box away, to give the package, the gift. If you will not share the gospel with anyone, you're probably a taker. If you can't get past your own issues to encourage someone else, you're probably a taker. Let me help you. Let God work in your life to work through the struggles so that you can be a giver. Because as believers in Christ, we are, need, we are called to be givers. He says, are you a giver or are you a taker? Do you want what God, you know what God wants for you to be? He wants you to be a giver. That's what Isaiah said. God has set up this beautiful plan. Right? This is also a prophecy, just so you know. Isaiah 61 is a prophecy we will see. I'll tell you in a minute about that. But Isaiah is saying, this is what God has set up. He wants you to be this. He wants you to be a giver. He wants you to be. Mind you, you haven't heard me say one word about finances, have you? Um, because I think that's uh, honestly uh, probably a little bit lower on God's plan than, um, than a lot of churches make it out to be. Right? We need, we need finances to pay bills. But it drives me crazy when churches, all they do is ask for money. You know what I want? I want people's time. Because I know that's what God wants. He wants your time, your energy, your passion for your faith. See, because I can't buy that. I can't hire people to come to VBS and lead young people to Christ. I can't hire people to minister to the broken. has to be your heart. He says, listen, you know what you'll look like? You'll look like an oak of righteousness. That verse, that, uh, that illustration is used in uh, Psalm 1 as well. Anyone who knows anything about an oak tree, they're, they're just strong and mighty trees. Stand alone used to be where I, where I lived on the farm. I lived, they had a, a red oak that was uh, 17 or 18 feet around. It was huge. It's one of the original oaks. I don't, I don't think it's there anymore, but it's set in the middle of this, this woods that was just amazing. And when you think about how slow an oak grows to, for an oak to get that big, is just mind-boggling for me. But Isaiah says, God will make you an oak of righteousness. Listen, church, if you're a believer in Christ, you have a responsibility. God's not asking you. There's a responsibility if you have faith to give that faith to others. It's by word of mouth. 
It's by our actions. It's by how we treat other people. It's by sharing our good news. That in spite of the struggles we have, there's still good news. In 1 Peter uh, 2.9, it says, We are living stones, part of a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices accepted to God through Jesus Christ. We are a living priesthood. Everybody thinks the pastor, he has a job to do. And we pay him to do all that work. And we're just going to come and be involved. Actually, if you look on the door of my office, you'll see this great little sign. It's, what it says is, comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Think about that for a minute. Comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Each of us has a responsibility. Our faith, it causes us, a real faith causes us to share that with others. I want to talk just a little bit about the mission team this morning. Mission team will be going uh, August, I don't know what it is, what the date is. It's August something. 21st? Is it? Okay. I believe you. I just didn't know what I was <laughs> I should have probably wrote it down. We have seven people going to Louisiana to work with Samaritan's Purse. They're going to they're gonna be down there Anybody ever been to Louisiana in August? It's beautiful. <laughs> Humidity is about 95%. Temperature's probably 100 to 105. There's still a couple spots if you're interested. I think there are. We have a group of people, seven people at this point, going to, to work on some restoration of houses. They're going to go down and rebuild some things uh, that something that a storm tore up. Brentley will be leading that group, and I'm excited for them. They're missionaries to share the good news. But I have a challenge for you. Not only do you get a chance to eat spaghetti next week, right? Not only do you get a chance to eat spaghetti next week, served by those who are going, it will give you energy for 24 hours. But you have something way more important to be able to offer to, offer to that group. You have a chance to share in the expenses of getting them there. Yeah, you heard what I said. You have a chance to share in the expenses of getting them there. They're giving up nine or ten days of their life. The time it takes to get there, to work, and to come back. You have the opportunity to put a half a tank of gas in the van to get them there and back. But even more importantly than that, because I'm convinced that God already has that sorted out. 
I think there's $1,000 that's needed right now, but I, I am convinced. I told Brentley, and I believe it, that there's no issue there. That money will be taken. Financially, that trip is going to be taken care of. I have no doubt in my mind. Let me take it one more step. My challenge for you is to show up at this thing and meet someone you don't know. Meet one of those. I guarantee you that there's at least one person you don't know because they don't go to church here. There are seven people on that trip. And you know what they need more than money? They need prayer. They need God's uh, blessing on the trip. They need prayer for safety, safety to get there. If you've ever been on a mission trip, you know there are things that get in the path, in the way of making it there safe. There are things that get in the way of doing good work. My challenge for you is to go get a plate of spaghetti next week. But more importantly, find someone and get their number. And tell them you're going to pray for them. And don't only tell them you're going to pray for them. Send them a text. Give them a call. Get to know them. Get to understand what's going on uh, on this trip. Encourage them for taking this step of faith. They need it. Isaiah says, listen, there's, there's going to be a new sprout. He says that in verse, uh, verse 11. It says, for as the soil grows, as the soil makes the sprout come up, it causes the garden, the seeds to grow. And so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. Just so you know, that sprout is the righteousness that God wants to put in your life. He wants to sprout new things. He wants to give you opportunities to give. He wants to encourage you. I have watched three years of ladies go through the healing journey. And the one piece that I see consistently is this. When they find healing, and they find healing from, from everything you can ever think of. But when they find healing, they find a peace that they didn't have before. And when they find that peace, they're able to share that God is working and has been working and will continue to work in their life. And that is their testimony. Their good news. God is offering that to you. He's offering that to me. It's not just for the people, for God's people uh, who Isaiah is talking. He's talking to us today. I encourage you. I encourage you to seek God because he wants to restore your life. There's an interesting side note to this passage. It's in Luke 4. Early on in Jesus' ministry, something happens in Luke 4. Jesus comes into Nazareth and 
Uh, it says it was his custom to go and to read from the scroll. And he goes in and someone hands him a scroll. Mind you, the whole Bible is not on a scroll, right? So he's given a scroll. He opens it and reads the first two verses. This is what he reads. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for, prisoner, for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance to our God, to comfort all who mourn. That's a pretty powerful reminder of the good news. It sticks out as a prophecy because God's people hear that and they are reminded that even though this was written thousands of years ago, Jesus is saying, I am the one that God has sent. He has anointed me to proclaim the good news. I am the Savior, the Messiah you have been looking for. You continue to look. I am that one. I have come in perfection, he says. And my desire is that you follow me. Jesus is here amongst us this morning. And he desires the same thing today. To be the spirit of the sovereign Lord. To be the one who is anointed. To heal up the brokenhearted. To proclaim freedom for the captives. And release for those who are prisoners. That's why he came. And it's just as valid today as it was then. But just like then, we have a decision to make. We have a choice. Do we believe that he is the Messiah? Or do we turn our heads and look for a different Messiah? Do we believe he is the one? Or do we look for something else to fill that need? That's the question I leave you. Are you going to put Jesus on the throne? Or will you put the stuff of this world on the throne? Let's pray. Lord, you are so good. Lord, we thank you for Isaiah's take his understanding of the restoration that you desire for our hearts. That, Lord, you desire to heal up the brokenness that's in us. There is no other way, Lord. We try. We try to have busyness and things that we put in the path. But the, the only fix for our broken hearts is you. And so, Lord, I pray this morning for anyone who hasn't made that, uh, hasn't made you the Lord of their life. 
that they would, Lord, choose you today. In your name we pray.